0: Well, hello everybody. It's Friday. It's Friday. Yay. It's the end of my working week. It might not be for you, unfortunately, if, if you have to work at the weekend in retail or whatever it might be. But for me, the weekend starts now. Not that I've got much planned this weekend, but hey, the sun has been shining today and I believe it's set to shine for the weekend, so it can't be that bad. Plus, I have booked a little trip to Spain. So that always puts me in a good mood as well. So happy, happy days. Even though where my apartment is, it is obviously still winter, like it is here. But in the day, it's reaching around 24 degrees at the moment. So that's lovely to be spending some time in the sun, in some warm weather. Because I do like the warmth. What else have I got lined up? I haven't got, like I said, I haven't got much lined up this weekend, but that's fine. It's been quite hectic in work. And I was going to say my social life, in my life, it's not necessarily all social. But it's been quite hectic lately, so having a weekend free from doing anything in particular is always quite nice. I can just literally take it as it comes and just fly by the seat of my pants and see how the mood takes me. Really? I'll probably pop out and grab a little coffee somewhere with somebody, which is always pleasant, but nothing else planned other than that. And then of course I'm in London on Monday. So I'm hoping not to be cold on the train station Monday morning, but who knows, because I will be there from about half past six. <laughs> But never mind, because I will be meeting my friend at lunchtime to spend the couple of hours with her, having a good old chinwag. So that will be nice. I am talking about stuff and some of you might not even know who I am. My name is Lucy and I am in the lovely leafy leafy suburb of Surrey here in the UK. And my podcast, for those of you who don't know, because Foxy After Dark doesn't necessarily tell you what it's all about. Could be that we are sat here eating after eight mints all evening, which would always be nice. I've got a box of after eight mints in my cupboard actually from Christmas. Mm -mm -mm. I keep looking at them actually. My problem is, as with a lot of food, if I do open a box of after eight mints, I cannot stop. I'm, I'm not someone who's disciplined to open something, eat only a few of whatever it is, and then close the box or the packet again once the bag or the packet is open a lot needs to go. So yeah, I might save the after rates for a little while. Or what else could Foxy After Dark mean? It could mean lots of all sorts of things, I guess. But no, this is my opportunity to share with you my love of some great old time radio shows. Some are funny, some are action, some are adventure or mystery. So each night we go through or play a different podcast or old time radio show for you to enjoy, whether you are working in the evening or whether you are sitting down to relax, going off to bed, whatever it may be. Uh, I did have a text earlier in the week from somebody who said that they were struggling to go to sleep, bearing in mind that they were laughing their heads off to Steptoe and sun on my podcast. Yes, laughing a lot will stop you from going to sleep, unfortunately. But hey, it manages to clear your mind of the stresses of the working day and working week. So if it does that, you should be able to drift off nicely afterwards. And that's the main thing. Hey, if you've got any feedback on the podcasts, that would be great. I would love to hear it. Make it constructive or positive, one or the other. Uh, any ideas as well, which would be lovely to hear. Of course, you can keep in touch through my social media. I'm on Instagram and YouTube is Foxy Geek Girl. So I'm really easy to find. I've also got an exclusive hangout page at patreon.com forward slash Foxy After Dark. I have got some shout outs to do. And if you get in touch with me, then I can do a shout out for you as well. My shout outs today are for R. White, my friend Gary Garrison, Richard B., and of course, my buddy who sends me voice messages on a regular basis, and he's got a lovely voice, Jason Hicks. So hello to everybody there. What have we got lined up tonight? Well, of course, we're back to a Friday. It's been a week since my very first podcast, and I would love to say thank you to everybody that has downloaded the podcast. You should now be able to find the podcast on all the different variety of podcast methods, whether you use your smart device to ask to play Foxy After Dark podcast, or whether you go through TuneIn or whatever else you might do to listen to podcasts. But you should find me now on all the different types of streams. If you remember back to last Friday with the first podcast, we did Mystery and Adventure. And tonight we have our second episode of Let George Do It. And it's called kleptomaniac. I know a kleptomaniac. Actually, no, she's more of a hoarder. She hoards things. She's not just a, she's kind of both. Is there a name for somebody who not only is a kleptomaniac, but then hoards everything? And you know, you see these people on TV where they can't get into somebody's house or any room in the house because of the amount of stuff in there. Then that is the person I know, unfortunately. It's very sad, actually. But this one, I digress. This Let George Do It is all about, is is called kleptomaniac. First broadcast on the 4th of October in 1946. Sit back and enjoy.
1: Your neighbourhood Chevron gas station invites you to... Let George Do It. Brought to you by the makers of Chevron Supreme Gasoline and RPM Motor Oil. George Valentine... Yes, George Valentine, fresh out of uniform and eager to put his many talents to work, as well as to earn a living, ran an ad in the local paper. Do you have a crime that needs solving? Do you uh, have a dog that needs walking? Have you a wife that needs spanking? Let George do it. His ad attracted several clients, some who paid him a fee and some who paid him nothing. His secretary, Claire Brooks, worries about the mounting pile of bills. But George, as he sits in his office with his feet on his desk, is occupied with more important matters. Claire, I wonder. Do you think I could find any sardines?
2: Oh, I'll send Sonny out. Sardine on rye?
3: Oh, no, no, not a sandwich.
2: Fate. Fate? What do you want to catch? A fish. Mr. Valentine, you can't afford a fishing trip.
3: Yeah, but if I get a client before Friday, a nice, simple case, you know, somebody wants me to find their uncle or lose their mother in law, just a few quick bucks and I'm on my way.
2: You can't afford a fishing trip.
3: <sighs> I'm sitting back in the rowboat. I haven't a care in the world. Just soaking up the sun. All of a sudden, wham! Then another wham
4: Mr. Valentine I got a bite What is it, Sonny? Yes,
3: Sonny, what is it? Halibut, swordfish, yellowtail?
4: Mrs. Harrington Isabel Harrington James Harrington's wife There,
2: you see I did catch my fish I told you Sardines the best bait in the world Hey, (laughs) sis Is he feeling all right? It's normal for him Send her in, Sonny Okay Now remember, Mr. Valentine She's the Mrs. Harrington Yeah, I got you Oh, Mr. Valentine. Oh,
3: come in, Mrs. Harrington. <laughs> come right on oh, oh. in. Oh, uh, sit here. You'll be more comfortable.
2: Thank you,
4: thank
3: you. Uh-huh. This is my secretary, Claire Brooks. But don't let her upset you. She oh. knows all the skeletons intimately.
4: Oh, how charming. Uh, Mr. Valentine, I, I've been trying to get up
2: enough nerve to come here.
3: Well, you just go right ahead and open up and talk. Nothing goes out of this
2: office. And nothing comes in. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm afraid it's
4: someone, someone close to me. They get into trouble. Oh, Mr. Valentine, I want you to watch that person every minute of the day. Do you understand?
3: Well, now, wait a minute. Uh, what kind of trouble?
4: Well, you see. Oh, it's so humiliating. This person uh, picks up things. Picks up? Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, a kleptomaniac. Oh,
4: Mr. Valentine, I can't go on. Oh,
3: now, Mrs. Harrington. Oh, no,
4: no, no, please. Later. Uh, have lunch with me. Two o'clock at the Savoy.
3: Oh, but Mrs. Harrington.
2: Please, be there. <laughs>
3: A kleptomaniac, eh? Must be her husband.
2: Her husband? Mr. Valentine? Yes? Don't look now, but your fountain pen is missing.
3: Well, look, Mrs. Harrington, the food is fine and the company excellent, but... uh... (laughs) What do you say we get down to cases? Uh Give me back my fountain pen.
4: Your, your fountain pen? Look, in your purse, Mrs. Harrington. Oh. Oh, then you know everything. Well, I'll be quite frank. I'm under a doctor's care. He expects to cure me in a month or two, but meanwhile, my husband is running for alderman.
3: Oh, I see. Uh, Does your husband know that you uh, pick up things?
4: Oh, no. Oh, no. And he must never find out. Oh, please, please promise me. Oh, don't worry, Mrs. Harrington. You see... Melvin Gordon is running against my husband. You
2: know, Mr. Gordon. Gordon's department store, Mr. Valentine.
4: Oh,
3: yes, yes. Well, just forget about it, Mrs. Harrington. The election is tomorrow, and I'll stay with you until your husband's elected alderman.
2: Oh, Mr.
4: Valentine, if you'll protect me for myself, I'll pay you well. I promise.
3: Oh, well, we'll discuss that later. Now, suppose you run along home, and I'll be there this afternoon. Oh,
4: that's wonderful. I have a little shopping to attend to, and then I'll go straight home. Oh,
3: good, that's fine. See you later.
4: Goodbye. Bye.
3: Well, how about that, Claire? I'm going home and pack my rod and reel.
2: Mr. Valentine...
3: Oh, I can just taste those fish.
2: Mr. Valentine, <laughs> she went shopping. Yeah, I know she did. She
3: Shopping? Claire, let's get out of here.
2: Why come here? What makes you think she shops in Gordon's department store?
3: Because she'd be in most danger here. You heard her. Gordon is running against her husband for alderman.
2: Still, I... Mr. Valentine. Where? There. Hmm? Compacts. compacts. Straight ahead.
3: Oh, what's she got in her hand?
2: Gold compact.
3: Uh-huh.
2: With stone. How much? About $50. Oh. Oh. Did you see that?
3: In her pocket. Come on. What are you going to do? Well, you, you look at compacts and stay close to me. You got it? But, Mr. Valentine... Just Do as I say.
2: Oh, all right.
3: Well... Hello there, Mrs. Harrington Oh, Mr. Valentine. <laughs> yes, a yeah, lovely store, isn't oh, it?
4: Oh, yes, I've often told Mr. Gordon that he can be proud I, of I uh, beg your pardon, madam, but may I have that compact? A compact? What compact? The one you were looking at, madam. Oh, oh well, uh, I decided against it, miss. Oh, that's quite all right, madam. But where is it? Why, I put it back on the counter, of course. It isn't on the counter. Oh,
3: well, uh, now, young lady, I, I distinctly saw Mrs. Harrington put it back on the counter. Yes. Yes. I said hello to her, she put the compact down, and All then...
4: I
2: know is it isn't here. I think
4: I ought to call the store detective. Oh, no, no, don't do that. He'll take you upstairs to have a little talk with Mr. Gordon. Mr. Gordon? Now,
3: now, wait a minute. The I...
4: compact isn't here, mister.
3: Oh, well, uh, well, why not search that young lady there?
2: What? Who, me?
3: Yeah, look in her pocket.
2: Why, you... Did you... Oh, it is in my pocket. Well, come
4: on, miss. Mr. Gordon will want to talk to you.
3: Mrs. Harrington, go home.
4: Beat it. Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 I'll oh, well. Come on, miss. This way. And don't make any trouble. No,
3: no, miss. Don't make any trouble.
5: Why, you you. Uh-uh. <laughs> No, no, no. You're wasting your time, young man. But, Mr. Gordon... There are too many things disappearing from my store. I'm going to make an example of this young woman, and I can't be talked out of it. Now, you get that? Uh, uh, Mr. Gordon, are you married? Uh, I certainly am. Then you have a wife? I certainly do. Mr. Gordon,
3: do you love your wife?
5: Is the door closed?
3: Yes. I love my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Then then you must know how I feel. This uh, girl is your wife?
2: Mr. Gordon, don't listen to him. It's
3: all right, Claire. In spite of everything you've done... I'm not ashamed Oh. Look, Mr. Gordon, here's $50 for the compact.
5: Does that cover it? No, 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 I, I guess so, be. Oh, yeah. I,
3: I promise you, it'll never happen again.
5: No, all right, take her home. Oh,
3: thanks, Mr. Gordon. Darling, thank him.
2: Let me out of here.
3: Yes, darling, of course. Goodbye, Mr. Gordon. Uh, good luck, uh, young
5: man. Oh, Clara, listen.
2: I hate you. It was the dirtiest trick you've ever played on me, and I hate you. You'll never get a chance to play another trick because I quit, understand? I definitely
5: quit. I definitely hate you. Oh,
3: Claire, (laughs) honey. Now, look, you like your job. I know you do. Now, forget it, darling. It's just part of the game. (laughs) Now, come on. Wipe your eyes and powder your nose. Here, use the compact. And just to show you the kind of a man I am, you can keep it. Now we go back to the office, and then I'll go to the Harrington's.
2: Don't think I'm going to forget this in a hurry, Mr. Valentine.
3: I'll be a good girl, and I'll bring you back a halibut.
2: Someone's trying to attract your attention in that car. Mr. Valentine!
3: Oh, it's Mrs. Harrington. Mrs. Harrington, I told you to go home.
4: Well, I'm going now, Mr. Valentine. I was worried about Miss Brooks.
3: Oh, well, everything's fine.
4: Oh, you were superb, Mr. Valentine. And whatever my bill will be, I want you to double it. (laughs)
3: Well, thanks a lot. Now go on home.
4: I'll be expecting you. Goodbye.
3: Goodbye.
2: Don't laugh, Mister Valentine. Maybe you don't believe in a woman's instinct, but I wish you'd drop this case. I have a feeling that, Mister Valentine, what are you doing with that fur scarf?
3: She did it again.
2: A silver fox.
3: Claire, think. Was she wearing a silver fox when we had lunch with her or while she was shopping?
2: Oh, no, I couldn't have missed it.
3: I noticed it in the car just now while we were talking to her. She must have picked it up when we were with Gordon. A
2: silver fox? Oh, call her back, Mr. Valentine. Make her take care of it.
3: Well, now, don't get excited. Why should I worry a good client?
2: But, Mr. Valentine, I have a feeling...
3: Will you forget that you're a woman and that you've got an instinct? Come on, we'll go back to the office.
2: With the Silver Fox?
3: With the Silver Fox. Come on.
2: Oh, all right, but I've got a feeling. Oh, my feet are killing me. The least you could have done was to hail a cab. I just put out
3: 50 bucks for that compact. Only one more block.
2: Mr. Valentine, it's Sunny. Well,
3: why did you leave the office?
2: I've been looking all over for you
4: What's two. up? Mrs. Harrington phoned. Yeah? Me. She says when you go out to her house this evening, don't worry if you bump into a cop. A cop? It seems that last year on her birthday, her husband gave her an animal to drape around her neck, and somebody stole it this afternoon out of her car.
3: Say that again, Sonny, and slowly.
4: Somebody stole her first scarf. It
2: was a silver fox, black, with... Hey! Hey, like that! You've got it.
3: Yep, I've got it.
2: Mr. Valentine, what
5: are you going to do with it?
3: Take it to Mrs. Harrington.
5: Oh, but there might be a cop around her house.
3: Well, I'll I'll sneak by him. I'll find a cab and we'll go right out there. Here, Claire. What? Meanwhile, wear it around your neck.
2: No, thank you. I'm not wearing any hot fox. It's not fashionable this season.
3: Then here, Sonny, wind it around your head. Huh? You know, like Daniel Boone.
5: I don't want to be Daniel Boone.
3: Then be Buffalo Bill.
5: I don't want to be Buffalo Bill. Sonny. I want to be Van Johnson.
3: Never mind, I'll stuff it inside my shirt
5: Mr.
2: Valentine, I've got a feeling Sweetheart,
3: shut up, will you? Hey, here comes a cab Hey, taxi,
2: Miss taxi Mr. Valentine, wait Taxi, come on It's a police car hey.
3: Uh-oh Jeepers Can I do something for you, sir? Oh,
6: <laughs> I, I I beg your pardon, officer I,
3: I thought I was hailing a taxi Oh, that's
6: no, quite all right, sir Very understandable Can I give you a lift? Oh no, no, no! I I wouldn't think of troubling you. No trouble, no trouble at all. Step right in, sir. Oh
3: no, officer! I I, I just can't let you do it. But thanks anyway. Goodbye. Uh, would you mind telling me your
6: name? My name?
3: Your, uh Valentine,
6: George Valentine. Uh, Mr. Valentine, pardon hey. me for mentioning it, but uh, what is that sticking out of your shirt? My shirt? Oh, uh, you you
3: mean my 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 pet? Yeah, my pet. I always carry him close to me.
6: Pet pet what? Well, it's a uh, uh, gopher. That's it. My pet gopher. <laughs> Strange. First time I ever saw a gopher as polyphemous with a bushy tail. Gopher as polyphemous? Gopher.
3: Oh, oh, oh yes. <laughs> it's a gopher.
6: <laughs> with a bushy tail? Oh, uh, well, uh, you see, this is a funny sort of gopher. It, it, it's got a little squirrel in it. <laughs> I'm sorry to contradict you, sir. Not squirrel. Volpus Fulvus. Vulpus (laughs) Fulvus? Fox. Silver Fox. Hop in, Mr. Valentine. But, officer... And there's plenty of room, so bring your friends with you.
1: How will George talk himself out of this predicament? And while George is pondering his problem, I'll take just a moment to tell you what occurred to me as I was driving to the studio this afternoon... I was thinking that every Chevron gas station should wear a sign reading, Local Boy Makes Good. For these cream green and burgundy Chevron stations, you know, are home-owned. Generally, the Chevron dealer is a fellow who worked hard and in many cases learned the business from the ground up before he branched out for himself. Now he runs his own Chevron gas station, and you can bet your bottom dollar he's going to hustle to make it tick. That, of course, explains why the service is cheerful and willing and competent at Chevron gas stations. I'd like to see you get acquainted with the Chevron dealer in your neighborhood. You'll find that he's a nice fellow and mighty glad to help you out anytime. He gives your car the best, too, climate-tailored Chevron Supreme gasoline and RPM compounded motor oil. Drop in at a Chevron gas station this weekend and see. Remember, your Chevron credit card is good as gold with any Chevron dealer. Looks as if George is really in a jam this time, and with the law, too. Right now, George, Claire, and Sonny are cruising along in a squad car. The officer is their chauffeur. I tell you, you're making a big mistake, officer. Maybe so, sir, but they told
6: me at the station to be on the lookout for a vulpus formus. Hmm. Silver fox.
2: May I congratulate you on your vocabulary, officer?
6: <laughs> Thank you very much. And may I congratulate you on your punctuality? What
5: would you say she was? Cute. Oh, oh. Now,
6: uh, take the glove compartment in my car. Now, most people would keep cigarettes in there. What would you keep in it? Map, lipstick. of soda. Well, I got it filled with books. You know, books. Pocket edition.
3: Oh, look, officer, if you'll just take us to Mrs. Harrington. She's very absent-minded. She forgot that she asked me
6: to take care of her silver fox. I'm sorry, sir, but I'm taking you to the station.
2: chiefers officer, give us a break.
6: I'm sorry, son. I'm taking you to the station. Officer. Mm-hmm.
2: Now, Officer.
6: Okay, I'll take you to the Harringtons. There doesn't seem to be anyone at home. I know Mrs. Harrington is home. I told her to stay home.
2: Wait a minute, there's someone coming.
6: Now, uh, if you don't mind, I'll handle this in my own way.
5: Yes. Uh... Oh, oh, what's wrong? Mrs. Harrington.
6: I said I'd handle this, Mrs. Harrington, may we please come in?
5: Uh, Yes,
4: yes, of course. uh... Thank you.
6: Mrs. Harrington, it's about your vulpus vultus.
4: Oh, there there must be some mistake, officer. There's no one here by that name.
6: He means your silver fox.
4: Oh, oh. Oh, uh, The the servants are out. Uh, I'll have to answer the phone.
6: Go right ahead, Mrs. Harrington. Maybe I shouldn't mention this, but she doesn't appear to be a close friend of yours, Mr. Valentine. Hello? Well, you didn't give her a chance to say anything. Well, uh, oh,
4: there's a policeman in
6: my house now, Captain sure, you see, uh, oh, uh, Captain Moore, uh, let me talk to him, Mrs. Harrington. Uh, hello? Uh, this is Flint speaking. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Flint.
4: Mr. Valentine, what's wrong? Get
3: this, Mrs. Harrington. Yes, I have your scarf. I took it out of your car.
4: Why? Well, I,
3: I thought it was something you'd picked up.
4: Oh, good heavens. Well,
3: I captured somebody already, Captain. Now, it'll be all right. Just tell yes. the officer that I'm a good friend of yours.
6: Yeah, he
4: has it on him. Only my husband stays yes, upstairs. Know, what's he
6: got to do with it?
4: Well, I, I forgot to tell you. You see, my husband is very jealous.
6: Oh, great. Uh, thank you, Captain. Au revoir. <laughs> now then, uh, Mrs. Harrington. Is this man a dear friend of yours?
4: Well, you see,
6: I... uh, Please, Mrs. Harrington, just answer the question. Oh. Is this man a dear friend of yours?
5: Is who a Uh. dear friend of hers?
4: Oh, oh, James. Uh, uh, Officer, Uh, this is my husband, Mr. Harrington. Isabel,
6: the officer asked you a question. I caught him with the silver fox, Mr. Harrington. Here it is. Just a moment, officer. Isabel, is this man a dear friend of yours? Why... uh, Yes?
4: Why... Yes? Why, I Uh, I never saw him before in my life. Oh, jeez.
6: Is it... Take them away, officer. We'll be down later to prefer charges. Thank you, sir. Sorry to have bothered you, Mrs. Harrington. But, officer... Sonny, you... be quiet. Come on. Let's go. Officer, will you please listen to Once me? Once and for all, Mr. Valentine, I'm taking you to the station. But if you just give now, me... Now,
2: don't try to talk your way out of it, Mr. Valentine. He's got you with the goods. Where? A compact or a fur scarf. What's the difference? After all, we've got to protect our client, haven't we? So forget it, darling. It's just part of the game. Claire. When do they allow visitors, officer?
6: Usually Monday. Then I'll see
2: you Monday, Mr. Valentine. Oh, and I'll bring you a halibut.
6: Go ahead. Rub it in.
2: Goodbye, Mr. Valentine. Take care of him, officer. Sonny, say goodbye to him.
6: Uh, just a minute, uh, Miss. <laughs> I'm sorry to be disagreeable, but I found all three of you together. Therefore, I'm turning all three of you in together. (laughs) Now, come along, if you please.
5: Jailbirds.
3: Cut it out, will you, Sonny?
5: Jailbirds behind bars. Well,
3: we're just being detained until Mr. and Mrs. Harrington get here.
4: Yeah, then they'll put us away for good.
5: What do you suppose they did to my sister? Poor Claire, she...
3: Poor Claire, my eye. She was glad it happened. Well, if she saw me now, she'd probably laugh out loud.
5: <laughs> Claire! Claire, where are you?
2: I'm your next door neighbor. Could I borrow a cup of sugar? Well,
3: why didn't you tell us you were there?
2: I wanted to listen to you, Mr. Valentine.
3: Call me George. This is no time to be formal.
2: I thought maybe I'd hear you say you were sorry. That Shows what a little fool I am.
3: Oh, well, Claire, listen. I'd give my right arm to have avoided this. I
2: don't want your right arm. Just once I'd like to hear you say it. I'm sorry.
3: Well, Claire, I... I...
2: Take your time. You've probably got five years.
3: Well, look... I'll tell him you two had nothing to do with this. And when you're out of here, if you're smart, you'll never see me again. You'll you'll have nothing more to do with me. Will you promise? No. Claire.
2: I'd miss
5: you.
2: Oh,
3: hey. (laughs) You do like me, don't you?
2: Oh, I guess I do.
3: Then why didn't you smile at that copy to let us go?
2: Oh, now it's my fault.
6: Everybody all right? Everybody healthy and happy?
3: Oh, sure. Just one big
6: happy family. (laughs) Hey.
2: He's unlocking our cell.
6: Uh, just a minute, miss. I'll have you out, too. Where
2: are you going to take us, officer?
6: Just follow me, if you please.
4: Mr. Valentine, maybe it's an electric chair.
6: Now, take it easy, son. <laughs> and Mrs. Harrington is here. With Mr. Harrington? No, no, she's alone. A uh, most intelligent woman, Mrs. Harrington. She's looking at my books. She's very interested in them. Then you better lock them up. <laughs> what? Just a joke. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, uh. <laughs> Here they are, Mrs. Harrington. Oh,
4: Mr. Valentine, will you ever be able to forgive me? That depends. I was just telling Officer Flynn how absent minded I am. I remember it all now. I was standing on the street yeah, and.
6: Yeah, yeah, well, you don't have to explain, Mrs. Harrington. You're not going to prefer charges against these people, are you? Oh,
4: no. no, <laughs> no of course not. No. <laughs> Preposterous. Yeah,
6: then they're discharged. We're free. Uh, Very sorry to have bothered you, miss.
2: Oh, that's all right.
6: Goodbye, officer. Uh, Goodbye, sir. See you again sometime. I hope not.
2: (laughs) Goodbye, officer.
6: Uh, Goodbye, miss. You will always remember a glistening pearl in my treasure box of (sighs)
5: memories. fresh air. Uh,
4: Mr. Valentine. Whatever my bill will be, I, I want you to double it.
3: What did you tell your husband?
4: Just that I told the officer.
3: Okay, now you're going home.
4: And I'll stay there until the election is over tomorrow.
3: I know, we'll see to that. We're going with you.
4: What? All of us? Yep,
3: all of us. That's the only way we can keep her out of trouble. Come on, Mrs. Harrington, let's go home. <laughs> I thought I told you to stay with Mrs. Harrington.
2: Sonny's with her. They're having breakfast. George, I'm bored. Oh, now forget
3: it, will you? It'll soon be over.
2: George, I'm bored.
3: Oh, now, come on, Claire. Cheer up. Let's have a big smile.
2: I don't feel like smiling.
3: Well, put some lipstick on. You'll feel better.
2: I guess I could stand a little. All this hanging around... Oh... What's the matter? She did it again. My lipstick's gone. Oh,
3: well, never mind. I'll buy you another one. Mr.
2: Valentine, okay if I run out and buy a magazine? Sonny,
3: you were left in charge of Mrs. Harrington. Yeah,
4: but Mr. When well, Valentine... you're left in
3: charge, you're supposed to stay with her, understand? Yeah, but Mr. Valentine... Wherever she goes, you will follow her.
4: Yeah, but I can't follow her everywhere.
1: Oh,
3: well, all right. What time is it? My watch is always fast.
5: Oh, mine keeps perfect time. It's exactly... Hey! Hey! Now What? I know I was wearing my watch.
3: Oh, never mind. I'll buy you another one. Mr.
5: Valentine. Mr. Valentine. Now, take
3: it easy, Mrs. Harrington. What's wrong? I
4: was looking through my closet, and I found this. My silver fox. Well, of
3: course. Don't you remember? I had Oh,
4: I don't mean that one. I mean this one. This one? Oh, don't you understand? There are two silver foxes in my closet. Suffering cat. Mr.
2: Valentine. You were right
4: all along. Oh, I
2: must have picked it up.
3: Well, now, don't go to pieces. We haven't time for hysterics.
4: But that's not all. Mr. Gordon just phoned. He wants to see me immediately. Oh, Mr.
5: Valentine. All
3: right, Mr. Mrs. Harrington, give me that silver fox. I'll handle Gordon.
5: I knew all along Mrs. Harrington was guilty. After she shopped, something always disappears. Will you please calm down, Mr. Gordon? I brought back the silver fox. You can keep it. Now, be reasonable. Look, when things disappear, you you charge them to Mrs. Harrington's account, don't you? What's that got to do with? Harrington's running against me for Alderman. There's still time to get a story in this afternoon's paper. What do you think his chances will be then? It'd be a dirty trick, Mr. Gordon. Uh, look, Valentine, just between us, uh, Harrington's the best man. He should be alderman. But if I'm made alderman, my wife will think I'm wonderful. You'd wreck Mr. Harrington just to make your wife think you're wonderful. You bet I would. Darling! Mildred, sweetheart, come in. Oh, sweetheart, this is Mr. Valentine and my wife, Miss Scott. How do you do? Um, hello. Well, darling. Well, Darling. Is that all you have to say, hmm? Oh, you look wonderful, sweetheart.
1: I knew it. I'll never forgive you. Mildred, Angel. Of course, a great big executive like you, so busy running a store and running
5: for alderman, you haven't time to remember a little thing like a birthday, have you? (laughs) Birthday? Oh, Mildred, now,
3: sweetheart, Oh, I uh, should have known. Oh, well, uh, pardon me for cutting in, Mrs. Gordon, but I can't keep my mouth shut. I I know it's supposed to be a surprise, too. A surprise? A
5: surprise? He
3: didn't forget your birthday, Mrs. Gordon. He didn't? I didn't? I mean, I didn't. Here you are. I just helped him select it for you.
4: A silver fox. Oh, darling! Oh, I'm going to give you a great big kiss.
3: Oh. <laughs> well, I'll run along. That is, uh, unless you have something else to
5: discuss, Mr. Gordon. Uh, oh no, no, not a thing. Good, good.
3: Happy birthday, Mrs. Gordon. I hope you'll enjoy the vulpes vulpes. <laughs>
2: Why come back to the office, Mr. Valentine?
3: Well, after hanging around Mrs. Harrington for the last couple of days, I just wanted to be sure the office was still here.
2: We ought to go out and celebrate. After all, Mr. Harrington's an alderman.
3: Okay, Sonny. Run out and buy a bucket of black coffee.
2: And a box of aspirin. Hmm, Some celebration.
4: Come on, beat it.
2: Okay. Well... I suppose I should congratulate you, Mr. Valentine.
3: Well, she hasn't paid me yet.
2: Hey, Mr. Valentine, Mr. and Mrs. Harrington are here.
3: Oh, no. All right, send him in.
2: Mr. Valentine, you're through with the case, understand? But,
3: Claire...
6: Either
2: that or you're through with me.
6: You see,
4: Isabel,
5: I told you he'd be here.
2: (laughs) You were right,
6: James. Mr. Valentine, my wife has told me everything. Everything?
2: Everything, yes. I I simply had to. I'm glad you did, Mrs. Harrington. We came
5: to thank you for all that you've done for us, Mr. Valentine. And whatever the bill will be, I want you to double it. Oh, well, wow, thanks a lot. Send it to
3: my office. Oh, no need to bother you. Oh, it's no bother. Well, I mean, mailing and all that. If you happen to have your checkbook with you. Mm, checkbook? No, hurry, you understand, but uh, if you want to sit right here at my desk... Oh, well... well. Oh, here you are. Here's a pen. Oh, thanks.
4: Uh, we uh, just came for my doctor. He thinks I'm cured. Really, Mrs. Harrington? Oh, yes, my dear. Uh, this last experience, I mean, James' career at stake and all... Oh, it was such a shock! Well, it, it brought me back to earth again. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Here you
1: are,
3: Mr. Valentine. This okay? Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you, Mr. Harrington. Well,
6: I'm the one who's indebted.
2: You'll come to see me, Miss Brooke. Of course, Mrs. Harrington. And you
4: too, Mr. Valentine. Yep,
6: you bet. Come, Isabel.
4: <laughs> yes, James. Goodbye. Goodbye,
2: Mrs. Harrington. Good night.
4: Good
3: night. Good night. <laughs> Well, Claire, I'm on my way. I'll pick up a can of sardines and my fishing tackle. See you Monday.
2: How much, Mr. Valentine?
3: $1,000.
2: What? $1,000? $1, oh, I don't believe
3: it. Well, then see for yourself. The check's right there.
2: Where? I don't see it.
3: Well, I distinctly remember. You put it right under that paperweight, you see? No. Well, go ahead and look. It's right under this... It's right... It...
2: Mr. Valentine.
3: Oh, no. She did it again. <laughs>
1: George will be back in a moment. Meanwhile, a friend of mine owns the Chevron gas station down the street, and he was telling me a story the other day. It seems a chap he knew came in when they were putting my friend's name on the canopy of his home-owned station. Looks pretty nice, commented the chap. It certainly shows folks that you're the boss here. Not on your life, explained my friend. It means that they are the boss here. Well, the motorist didn't get it, so the Chevron dealer went on. The new sign and the cream green and burgundy color scheme, he said, are simply to make it plain that I run my own station. Since I'm in business for myself, how well I get along depends pretty much on how well I treat my customers. and That makes the customers strictly the boss at my Chevron gas station. Well, my friend might have said, at all Chevron gas stations. Because the friendliness, the cheerful, expert service you run into at Chevron gas stations is the best way any Chevron dealer has of making his home-owned business useful to you and to the community. Well, next week, George Valentine goes on a picnic. But instead of being bothered with the usual things like ants and rain, he has a new experience. You'll probably hear him saying something like this.
5: Wow. What was that? Who hit me? Somebody threw a shoe at you, Mr. Valentine. It came from that house.
4: Wow.
3: A lady's slipper.
4: Hey, and a note with it. Let me see. It says, I am being held prisoner in this house. Please save me. Hey, it's written in lipstick.
3: Orange lipstick. Must be a blonde. See you later.
1: Chevron gas stations all through the West invite you to be with us again next week for another chapter of Let George Do It, brought to you by the makers of Chevron Supreme Gasoline. Let George Do It, starring Robert Bailey as George, with Francis Robinson as Claire, and Eddie Firestone Jr. as Sonny, is written by Pauline Hopkins, produced and directed by Owen Vincent. Others in the cast were Sarah Selby as Mrs. Harrington, Stanley Waxman as Mr. Harrington, Joe Gilbert as Mildred, Herbert Butterfield as Mr. Gordon, Ed Max as the officer and Margaret Brayton as the salesgirl. The music was composed and conducted by Charles Dant, your announcer John Heaston. Listen again next week, same time, same station, to Let George Do It. This is the Mutual Don Lee Broadcasting System.
0: What did you think of that? Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed Let George Do It. I did. (laughs) Hee hee. We'll be back again tomorrow from 6 p.m. GMT with some more fabulous stories for you either to get your evening going while you're getting ready. could be, You might be getting ready to go out and therefore you might want to have a little laugh tomorrow night or you might be settling down for the evening and just want to listen to something to relax before you drop off to sleep. Whatever your reason for joining, please do from 6 p.m. Don't forget to check out my podcast page at patreon.com forward slash foxygeekgirl I'll have a few more shout outs tomorrow. Can't wait to catch up with you all. Uh, Stay safe, be kind, love you all. Bye.